GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I am joined by two guys I don't know that I would want to spend a long amount of time in a car with. Despite the fact that I've spent long amounts of time in a car with them. Hovercraft Joe. Uh, what is up, LPJ? And the tush. I mean, so I'm assuming the long uh, amount of time in the car is like due to farting, right? Partially, yeah. Part- I also, that, you're that- driving. I second the motion. You know, like, you know, like, you know, it's like, yeah, turn! <laughs> He's you are our transporter. He's still sore about those malted milk balls he lost. It's true. A little bit. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. You also don't have an inside voice. So being in a car with you is just <laughs> a lot sometimes. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. He's, he's not wrong. Um, so we're here. We're, we're still we're winding down, uh, but we're still in the year of the sequel. And we are talking about Transporter 2. Uh, and since we had the tush on for the original, we had to bring him back. You're, I would say you're something of a transporter slash Jason Statham expert. When you oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I've seen. I mean, I've definitely seen all the transporter films. I think maybe short of like one or two of his weird English ones, I've seen pretty much every Jason Statham movie. Gotcha. You know? um, so this movie, uh, it's released September second, two thousand five. And what, uh, like, I, we'll start with you, LBJ. What is your kind of like history or, or background with this movie? Uh, I saw this in the theater. Um, I kind of want to say you were there. Like, I think you and I saw this in the theater together. I think I did see it in the theaters. I, I, I don't have a specific hard memory of like, we saw this and did this, you know, like, but right. I, I, I do remember seeing it in theaters and I, 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 and I get like, I mean, ours kind of mold together here, but like, I, I can officially say that I think this is my Second time seeing it since I saw it in the theaters because there was a lot of this movie I did not remember. Oh, see, this is the one that I remember the most between the three oh. of them. I've only seen that. This is probably the third or fourth time that I've seen this, but I remembered the vast majority of this movie. Oh, see, I remembered like the beginning and then it got to a certain point. I'm like, I even had to ask myself, I'm like, have I seen this movie before? Because I don't remember any of this. Uh, what about you, Tish? I mean, I definitely saw it in the theaters, too. I mean, I feel like it was really kind of of its time. And, like, it was like, oh, these, like, kind of crazy, crazy action movies. I almost feel like this was kind of like that. It would started, like, the in like the absolutely insane, like, Fast and Furious, like, jump movies. And, like, it was like, oh, he's going to make this jump that, you know, no one could ever actually make, you know. And, like, I mean, because even though the, the first one was a little bit wild, this was way wilder, you know. like Well, yeah, and, and not to, like reveal too much too early on but i will say that this movie i feel like does suffer from kind of like the we gotta so yeah i it it suffers from what i think uh, and what we've learned this year covering sequels that a lot of sequels suffer from is like it's like well we gotta we gotta up the ante from the first movie like we can't just make like we have to do more and do more crazy stuff and like uh, i feel like some of that doesn't work great in this movie oh you mean like well, in the first one, there's one scene with a female character in her underwear, and in this one, there's a character who is literally always in her underwear. I have, yeah, I have no explanation for that. I even as Dave, I'm like, I'm like, why is this lady in her underwear all the time? And uh, Tush was like, ah, it was the mid 2000s. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a Luke Besson thing. He always, uh, he always uh, casts models. And puts them in skinny, tight clothing or very little clothing, i.e. Mila Jovovich in uh, The Fifth Element uh, and any other any other Luke Besson movies you can think of. And then sometimes he marries them, sometimes, whether they're all age or not. Sometimes he marries them. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some of the numbers on this. Uh, budget is $32 million. Uh, it has a domestic gross of $43 million. In uh, a worldwide gross of eighty nine million, so you know, pretty successful. Yeah. Um, it has a Rotten Tomatoes of fifty two percent, 
and an audience score of 58%. So That's weird. I, I figured the, the audience score would be higher than that. I kind of thought it might be a well, little bit higher. I too. believe the audience, it, it's like cumulative. Like it, it keeps going like, you know, years after. That's true. I'm sure at the time people were really into it. Yeah, that's People fair. were really dumb back then. I don't know. Maybe everyone's <laughs> on ecstasy or something. But <laughs> like, yeah, like I think I feel like the audience score is, like, yeah, it's cumulative. So it just keeps going and going, you know. Like, we could go and badmouth Citizen Kane right now if we wanted. <laughs> Maybe we should. We should. Um, so, top grossing movies of 2005. Quite a lineup here in the top three. Number one, Star Wars, Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Number two, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And number three, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, this movie... The Transporter 2 was 67th in the box office. And believe it or not, this is the first movie we've ever covered in 2005. Wow. wow. Really? Yeah. It, yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I went through the list twice. So either, I mean, listen, I am getting old and blind, but <laughs> I'm usually pretty good at spotting them. So, um, Were there any yeah, movies there, from 2005 we should have covered that we haven't yet? There's there's some on there that I, I, I saw and I was like, oh, yeah, we'll probably cover that eventually. There's one on there which... I'll mention it now. You're probably going to fight me on it, but I want to cover it at some point because uh, it's uh, Sahara, the Matthew McConaughey oh, movie. Oh, you know what? The, <laughs> I'd be okay the... with that only because I read the book too. <laughs> yeah. So um, that 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 came out that year. And I, anyways, but there were a few things on there. I can't think of any of the other ones now that I was like, oh, it's like we'll probably eventually get to that. But it was kind of surprising that we hadn't done any movies in 2005. Huh. So. All right. Um, so, uh, cast of this movie. So here's my extent of what I know of the cast. Uh, Jason Statham returns as Frank Martin, uh, Matthew Modine, which I was like, I totally forgotten. I was like, Matthew Modine's in this movie? Matthew Modine? Sorry. I don't know why I'm saying it's weird. Uh, He's like like Modoc. Yeah. As as Jefferson Billings. And then I feel like she was really popular for a hot, hot minute that Amber Valletta, Yes, as, uh, a lot of stuff. as Audrey Billings. Was she? And this is the only movie I know her from. She was in stuff. She was in Hitch, I think. <laughs> yeah, she was with, a, uh, Kevin, Kevin James is Paramore in Hitch. Yeah, I feel like she was. She had a moment where she was in more stuff. Like maybe it's not stuff you saw, but um, and then like the guy. Like I have a lot of questions about this, but the guy that was like his the French detective in the first film shows up in this movie. Yeah, seemingly for no reason. <laughs> no, because they're they're friends, and he's there on vacation. I don't know if he's famous or anything. Is there anyone else? Well, I mean, a weirdly like small role, Keith David, action movie staple, you know, from uh, They Live, you know. Yeah. Or, oh yeah, or, I got for a second. I'm like, no, that is Keith David. I almost said David Keith. Yeah, no, no, Keith David, Keith David. Yeah. yeah, he he's like the the that re, heading up the police investigation. Yeah, is there is there anyone else? Like, I didn't recognize the main villain. Oh, or... um, Jason Fleming. Yeah, you Jason know, Fleming. Jason, in it. You know, he's in all the he's in you know in a lot of movies with Jason Statham. Yeah, you know? he, like he's in a bunch of the, the Guy Ritchie movies. Who's who's he playing this? He's the Russian who uh, Statham like you know who is like basically is trying to give the trying to be the doctor and tries to give the kid the shots. Oh, okay, got it. Got he's it. the guy got he it. infects with the uh, the water. I, which, by the way, like we'll talk about it when we get to the plot, but like I have so many questions about this virus and the transmission of it, and like yeah. the, the actual like. Anyways, we'll get into it, but like, um, so okay. A- anybody else that you guys want to mention cast wise, or should we do net worth real quick? Uh, let's just do net worth. <laughs> okay, because I mean, really, like the other main villain, Kate Nuwata, is was it just a model, and this was her first acting role. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, yeah. She was so good in it. Um, so, okay. So, net worth. Let's start with the person who not, uh, sorry, LPJ doesn't remember. Uh, Amber Valletta. What do you think Tush is her net worth? I feel like she was a fairly popular model before acting. Like, I'm going to say $5 million. What about you, LPJ? I'll say $10 million. Uh, $16 million. Hey, all right. Good for her. Uh, so, oh, good for her. So Matthew Modine, I really expect a sweet, sweet out of you guys for him. So LBJ, what do you think for Matthew Modine? Oh, a sweet, sweet Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> he was in Beverly Hillbillies? Is that Matthew Modine sure? in there? 
Was it he in it? I don't think so. No? You think you're Jeffro Bodine? Oh, maybe. I don't know. How about uh, the sweet, sweet uh, uh, first season of uh, Stranger Things, money? Okay, that's work. Uh, so, what do you what do you think he's got? Eh, he didn't say a number. Fifteen million. All right. Uh, what about you, Tush? Um, he's got that sweet, sweet Vision Quest money. Wow. Okay. So I'm gonna say he has ten million. Boom. Tush, $10 million. Exactly. Nice. I mean, he's in the Dark Knight. You know, they got, had to give him something. Oh, for that's Dark right. Knight Rises. The, that, the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, he's the police chief. He's like, I don't want to go outside. And apparently, he had like a, a. It was. His death was really brutal in that movie, so they had to cut it or else they'd get an R rating. Jeez. Um, okay. And then finally, we've done a lot of Statham movies at this point. Um, but yet, we still haven't done. Next time you're on, Tush, little behind the scenes, but inside baseball here, I think we should do Homefront. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, just because that when you ask what was your first experience with this movie, we'll have the best story. Yeah, stay tuned. Home, Homefront is the one where he has a prolonged fight with the main villain, played by James Franco, at the end. Anyways. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but so, what do you think for uh, Tush? What do you think for Jason Statham? I feel like I've gotten this wrong every time. I've gone too high. I'm gonna say eighty million. Okay, well, I'm gonna go even higher. I'm gonna say one hundred million. You know what's funny? You guys were right around it. It's ninety million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you almost figured it out. Um, okay, director on this, uh, Tush's boy Louis Leterrier. Leterrier. Yeah. Leterrier. Uh, we'll, we'll have to have the Tush back on when we cover the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk, and he can try and defend it because that this guy directed that movie. That's all I know him from. Well, he did Clash. Of, he did the remake of Clash of the Titans too. Yeah. Oh, okay. He did a few um, things. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, he did that. Clash of the Titans. He did Alien Resurrection. He was a, he was an assistant on that. Uh, <laughs> what else did he direct? Uh, so if he was assistant, now you see me. He did now you him. see me. Oh, <laughs> Unleashed um, with Jet Li. Oh, Unleashed is sweet. I love it. We should do Unleashed. That's a great movie. I've never seen it. Ooh, it's got a surprising amount of Oscar winners in it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's weird. Um. So I was confused about the writers because IMDb just says Luke Besson and this Robert Mark Kamen, but then in parentheses it says characters for both of them. Like, so who wrote the screenplay? Because they did the first one. Okay, but who wrote yeah. this screenplay then? I don't know. I thought there was another one underneath it on the title. If I, I thought I remembered. No, Luke Besson and Robert Mark Kamen wrote this. Okay, oh, but it's, it's ba- but it's also credited. based on their characters that they created for the first one. Yeah, it's probably some. It's- it's probably some French act Ponzi scheme. Like, yeah. we're giving double credit. So Pro- we get probably. More, we get more money for baguettes. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know Luke Besson. We talked about him a little bit. Luke Besson, he's a famous guy. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know where you're going either, but okay, he's, you're right. He's, he's, a, fa- he's, he's a, a famous guy. He's a famous guy. And then the music, Alexander Azari. I got nothing. I don't think the he was one of those guys that like is actually performs under like a DJ name or something. It's oh. I might be wrong. <laughs> oh, so you were just making that up. Yeah, I think they all do. Um, but the music wasn't particularly impressive. No, nah, right? it sounded a lot like the first one. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was only uh, one tagline for this film. Do you guys want to know what it is? What is it? What about you? LBJ, do you want to know? Sure. The best in the business is back in the game. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like they go a long way to like, or they don't go a long way, but I feel like they do a bad job explaining like why he's in Miami and why he's doing this job that he's doing. It's like, it's like, oh, it's a favor for a friend, but like, what? Yeah, yeah like I got the impression from the first one, like, hey, this dude doesn't have any friends, you know? <laughs> it's, it's very confusing. Yeah, I, I don't um, get it either. So, so, like, is that how this works with people in the transportation business? They just, like, farm out jobs they can't do to other transporters? Oh, yeah. Is there, I like, mean, a transporter union? When we start our transporting business, which I'll plug at the end of the episode, you know, I think that's why we're, we're just going to trade jobs between each other, you know? Well, it's just weird because it's like, yeah, it's like you're a transporter and you literally do like weird shady stuff. But it's like, I need you to fill in for me. I drive this kid to school. <laughs> yeah, it seems that there's a very large swath of jobs that these transporters do in their collective transporter union. <laughs> like, do some of them just deliver Amazon packages? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this thing, you're not always doing big time jobs. So you're like, hey, 
I'm gonna get. I'm gonna maybe do some Uber Eats while I, you know, <laughs> sure. I'm also transporting. <laughs> you, know? you know, or just some like straight up Uber. Like you just like, all right, I'll pick you up and drive Basically. you. Oh, you know what? This boy. Oh, Oh, I have your Chipotle. <laughs> oh, oh, it's it's meals on wheels week for me. <laughs> oh man, we just offended a lot of people. <laughs> it's true. Um, okay, so anything uh, before we get a little further into the plot? Anything else anyone wants to, to bring up or mention or anything like that? Uh, we should mention the stunts were done by Corey Yuen, who is a famous. Um, martial artist and uh film coordinator he did all key works with like Jet Li and, and does a lot of the stunts for that for for a lot of the hong kong uh, uh martial artists no oh, okay no idea but it sounds he sounds important uh tush anything you want to mention mm, i mean no not really i mean well, i'm sure we'll get into some of the stuff you know okay no um, you, you don't have any random like jason fleming trivia for us um okay well he was in a long-term relationship with Lena Headley or from uh, you know Game of Thrones, and I don't know if she still has it, but she had a tattoo of his name on her for a while. But you know, I don't know if she got if she you know, she removed it or not. But wow, that was, I think they have a kid together actually. So not what I expected. Okay, and he was in a great underrated movie with um, uh, it's called uh, Solomon Kane, based on the Robert uh, E. Howard uh, you know stories. Pretty good movie if you get a chance. James Purfoy stars in it, but <laughs> okay. Hey, you, Thank you. You for asked. That. It. You asked. Well, LPJ. I, I he delivered. Did. Moving on. So uh, this movie opens up with the, uh, believe it or not, the transporter in his car, and a completely empty parking structure. Um, and like this girl comes up and tries to rob him, and she's like part of a gang, I guess. That's like for some a reason super stereotypical gang. Yeah, that's targeting. For some reason, this one car that's sitting in a completely empty parking structure, um, and it's Anna Lynn McCord. You know, she's like famous from being in like a, you know the remake of Nine Hundred Two One Zero, and like you know she's yeah. you know was yeah, kind of she yeah she had a moment big for a while. Was, she had a moment where she was kind of famous. I agree, oh, with Dave. She did right. so. Um, so he beats all these guys up, um, and, and then like we find out, oh, he's in Miami, and you think like, oh, he's driving to do some important job. But then, like, he's just picking up this kid at school, and he's driving him home, and I, I have a note that says, man, this kid sucks at this game. They're playing. Yeah, I got in the first clue. That kid is fucking stupid. <laughs> They're playing some kind of, like, guessing game, and he keeps giving him clues. And, so, and hold on. Kid... Before we get any further, so does he just sit in that parking structure <laughs> Why is every he day? In the parking... Yeah, why is he in that parking structure? Is that where his apartment is? No, because he has a house. Right, right. It's like a house he's staying in. So I feel like he sits in the parking structure in the first one too. Like maybe I don't know. He gets in his headspace. Like yeah, maybe I, he, I, turns, he turns on like hair metal to get psyched up or something. That know? is that is how the first one starts. So it's probably just a callback. Uh, okay, I think only Tushel, only Tushel get this. It's like that Office episode when he's like, "Leave the keys." Exactly. <laughs> he's getting psyched up. Um, so. Um, so that's where we get like the really like unfilled in exposition that he's doing this job as a favor for one of his friends for a while. Um, and then I have a note where I'm like, Ooh, I think the mom wants to bone Frank, which oh, yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> and we're introduced to, so like the Amber Valletta, she's the mom and Matthew Modine's the dad. And like, she wants to bone Jason Statham and he's like a big dick and he works for the government. The, he's, 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 a senator. Works for DEA. he's not a Senator. Yeah. I think no. He, he's like I thought he was the head of the DEA or something. Yeah, he, no, he's 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 listed as Senator Jefferson Billings. Wow, well, I did not know he was a senator. Yeah, I did I, not catch on him being a senator either. Yeah, he's I a senator. Thought, I think he's a head of a subcommittee that handles all that stuff. Okay, okay, okay. that makes sense. All right, so um, uh, so, Needless, so I don't think these French guys know how senators work in the U.S. Probably not. Like, <laughs> oh, he is senator. Sounds really important. Many mistresses. <laughs> So um so then we're introduced to some bad dude and he's got like a virus and like they make sure to let us know that he's got a virus and the antidote at the same time. Um so that's that's when the mom shows up at Frank's place and wants to bone him and she's drunk but he doesn't bone her like I don't I don't know why this is all in here. Well, oh, I was going to say I don't know why he doesn't. <laughs> it's the subtext of that he he might be gay, which they blow out of the water in the next movie. It's like nope, he's not, you know. <laughs> Um, so like he has to drive the kid to a doctor's appointment. Uh, the bad guys, uh, take over the doctor's office. Um, and this is where I have another says, wait, 
is that the French detective from the first movie? Question mark. It was. And it is. Um, but before so, we move on, what nationality is the villain in this movie? He starts <laughs> out in the stupidest Japanese, uh, you know, samurai type uh, fighting scenes. Like, oh, that's yeah, right, yeah. It doesn't impress me that he lets himself get stabbed in the face or whatever. But he's then, so he's he, he sounds Russian sometimes. He works with Russians. He looks like he. Like every Brazilian UFC fighter ever, you know. Like, what well, is, he, you know? he's an Italian actor. Okay, but I'm pretty sure he was playing like a South American. Okay, yeah. It's, 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 what is the? I was like, what's the deal with this guy? It's 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 very confusing. Um, so uh, Frank takes the kid to the doctor's office. The fake doctors are there. He gets in a fight with the fake doctors. This is where I have a note that says. Ask the tush what guns she's using. What are those guns? That They're she's modified using? Glocks to be yep. fully automatic. They're very unrealistic number of shots are fired to them without reloading. <laughs> yeah, well, and they also, have extended magazines on them, and yeah. So, and also, let's um, let's uh, see. That character is introduced in her hun- in her underwear. Then she's wearing clothes briefly for this scene, but decides to open up her Halloween store costume, <laughs> you know, nurse, you know, yeah. outfit. And like you know, and then it's like okay, she's in her underwear again, you know. Yeah, and like was it just me? So like the fight in the doctors and stuff is kind of cool because they're like smashing through walls and stuff like that. But was it like? And I thought this like took me out of the movie, and I thought it was so weird that shot where like, and maybe I remembered it wrong, but like they hit the button on the elevator and they show like the sound from the elevator dinging, like traveling through like yeah. the vent system. So then she hears it. I'm like, yeah, what it's like when this? Banshee does his thing in X-Men first class, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't, what I don't the hell? Know. I get it. All, all you have to do is say, Oh, she hears." you know, you just have to show her hearing the ding. I don't know that you necessarily need to have it, you know, Fincher, David Fincher, it's way through the vents and like show up. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, this is, Weird. I'm so, sure there's another way for the camera to pan all the way up her body. Be like, ah, ah, look at her. She's in her underwear. You know, <laughs> it could be. So uh, they, ex- the, the Frank and the kid get away, but the bad guys put like a bomb under his uh, uh, car. Yeah, they. It's a magnetic bomb on the bottom of the car. So. Um, <laughs> So, like, then they cut, like, the kids having a birthday party. I like when the lady uh, leaves the doctor's office and, like, murders a bunch of cops. And I'm like, this lady is still walking around in her underwear for some reason. She's, like, in the middle of the street in Miami with those guns just shooting cops. And she gets away somehow. I don't I don't quite get that. So, for some reason, the birthday party is in full swing without the kid there. And there's yeah. no indication it's a surprise party. <laughs> it's so weird. I mean, yeah, I don't get it. I like who has a giant party that kicks off before the guest arrives. Well, it's just it's it's just a, basically the entire point of that was just to show how what a shitty father Matthew Modine is because like oh because he thinks his kid still plays baseball but he's actually playing soccer now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I forgot about that a little bit. So. So Frank, the transporter, Jason Satham, makes it back to the house. But then, like, the underwear lady gets in the car and is, like, makes him talk to the uh, the bad, bad guy. And he's like, hey, like, we have a sniper rifle on the kid, which I don't know where the guy with the sniper rifle is. But anyways, and which we're going to sh- have a bomb in the car, too. I don't think a sniper <laughs> rifle is necessary. So they're like, uh, you got to drive off and bring the kid kid to us. Or we're gonna kill him. So he does. It turns into a police chase, and um, so he um. <laughs> well, what, what, what I can't figure out is once he pulls away, the sniper's not going to be able to follow him. He still got the bomb on his car, though. Yeah, but he, he doesn't, doesn't know, know the bomb's the bomb. there. He doesn't know that the bomb. Oh, I thought he did at that point. No, why no, did he, he, I'm sure he has some kind of gadget to uh, to take out somebody in his passenger seat. Yeah. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't clock the bomb until later when he's going to leave and there's like that puddle. Oh, yeah. Okay. So so there's a car chase. And at one point, I wish I had described this more elaborately in my notes, but he he busts through the wall of a parking yeah, structure. Yeah, because won't stop an Audi at all or something. You know, it's he, like... he goes full speed, crashes through the barrier of a parking structure, flies through the air. It lands in another building, right? That's what happens? Yep. Yes, in, in a... In a building under construction and i'm like first of all like he's not gonna make that jump but let's say he does 
like the car is fine like if he made that jump i feel like that car's not driving anymore but it's like it's fine yeah i feel like trying to disprove this movie would be the deadliest episode of mythbusters ever like <laughs> oh, no we killed another driver sorry <laughs> um so uh they they eventually get to the bad guy's uh hideout uh, at some point she licks his face which i thought was pretty gross i don't know why I mean, she's kind of hot uh, so, uh, so the bad guys get the kid and they're like, Hey, we'll return the kid. If you give us $5 million, um, that's when he goes to leave. They're going to let him go. And that's when he clocks the bomb on the bottom of the car. And which one of you wants to describe the method as to which Jason okay. Satham gets rid I got of the this. bomb? <laughs> okay. So yeah, do it. The, the warehouse that they're at is like on a, on a wharf. So there's a, it's like a, it's like a maritime dock, right? And there's a crane that they use for loading and unloading <laughs> shipping containers onto barges. Jason Statham finds a conveniently placed ramp, I guess, drives the car up the ramp into the air while rotating the car so that the hook that's suspended in the air off of the crane magically attaches to the bomb that's under his car, and then he lands the car safely across the way. So would you say that the hook brings him back? No, no, no. The hook did not bring him back. The hook, at this point, let him go. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, yeah, my note just says, come on, that roll he does with the car to get the bomb off the bottom? LOL. Although it's interesting because... uh, after watching the Fast and Furious movies, that's not the most ridiculous stunt he's ever performed in a car. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, so, oh, you mean him and J- him and uh, 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 Vin Diesel running their cars into each other and being ejected from the windshield <laughs> so they can fight, you know, hand to hand? That's yeah. Yes. I would say it's one. It's one of them. So then we get oh, Jesus. We get a couple more scenes with the French guy, which again I question why he gets arrested by the cops and they come looking for Frank, and then like. We get another scene where they're like questioning him, and then he ends up like making lunch for him? Question mark. Yeah, it's real weird. I, I at that point, did they know he's a detective? Yes. I think so. Yeah. Yes, because like okay. because the guys like at first the guys like, well, why didn't you identify yourself as a detective like when they first arrested you or whatever? So so that's going on. Frank goes back to the doctor's office to investigate, and like he finds like this syringe, like like they were gonna inject the kid. But we, we we know it's like the poison or whatever right. from earlier. Um, he gets in a fight with some cops. I think the syringe gets shot, right? Like yeah. it gets like, it gets smashed. It gets broken in some way. Oh, like, it gets it gets shot straight. Like one of the cops basically just it just gets shot, and they're like freeze, please. Like you say freeze, please. Like you know before you <laughs> shoot them, you know. So, um, he, okay. I'm, I might be confused on the sequence of events. So he calls the French detective who's in the police station and gets him to look up a photo of one of the guys, one of the fake doctors, right? Like the yes. French detective, yeah. somehow, the French detective somehow logs onto their computer system and is able to track down and figure out that this, uh, picture is of some like Russian scientist dude. Yeah, and also the police have no problem letting this French guy, who is their only connection to the you know the prime suspect, just walking around taking personal calls. You know, so they they get he gets into a chase with the Russian guy. Um, and Ooh, yeah. At one point, <laughs> the okay, I gotta get, I gotta compose myself. With this. The Russian guy gets on the back. He's hanging on the back of a school bus. Yep. So the, tra- the transporter jumps onto t- a jet ski in the water. There's a lady on the jet ski. Now you're like, okay, he's just going to throw the lady off and take the jet ski. No, for some reason, he flips her up in the air. So she's sitting on the jet ski behind him. <clears throat> yep. And starts chasing the school bus. This is the first instance in the movie of him like, you know what? I'm going to bring this... You know, innocent civilian along with me for this, you know, dangerous thing, you know? Yeah, like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So uh, so he's chasing this uh, school bus with the jet ski. And then at a certain point, I can't remember how, he's able to jump from the water 
onto the bridge. He basically like revs up the jet ski and essentially like beaches it onto the land and like jumps onto the cement and magically is still keeping up with the bus. It's a standard SeaWorld water stunt show move, you know? <laughs> totally. There's ramps everywhere, yep. and sometimes Batman has to ride his jet ski over them to land on stuff, it, you know? It's very, it's very Waterworld-esque. Yes. <laughs> so um, so he gets into the school bus with the guy, and he pretends to inject him with the poison, with the virus, right? But he yeah. actually just injects him with, like, saline or whatever, water or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, okay, this is perhaps the most confusing thing in the movie to me. And I don't think you guys will be able to explain it, but I'm going to ask. So the whole thing is they're like, Oh, we want you to drop off $5 million at the beach. And they do. Right. But they never come and pick up the money. And then they're like, the cops are just like, Hey, we found him. <laughs> and they go to some nondescript location Yep, where there's just like a truck sitting there and the kids in the back of the truck. <laughs> How did they find him? And how did they know he was just in this truck? It's never explained. Yeah, and it was just like, they wanted like, it would make it look like kidnapping. Also, the makers of this film don't really know how viruses work, I, I, I just feel. Unfortunately, we've all become a lot more familiar with them lately, I feel like. But I'm just think, I think it's like, yeah, it's a virus. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll just kill these three people, you know? Yeah, they really... So the conceit of this virus is... They're going to infect Jack, the kid. He's going to breathe on his dad, who is then going to breathe on the people at this conference and then kill them all, right? So yeah. does this... And then they said that the, 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 the virus dies after 24 hours? Does it die in everybody? Or does the 24 hours like take effect after the person's been infected? Well, and that's my kind of ultimate question about this movie is the fact that, like, at the end, we're supposed to believe they were somehow able to contain the spread of this virus is insane because it's like the kid probably breathed on a bunch of those cops and all those yeah. people. And then, like, like there's no way that they conceivably, like, contain this virus after all the people. If all you had to do is breathe on someone and they're infected. Well, that, you know, there wasn't that much antidote available. Well, I have a let, let's not talk about the antidote because i have a i have a whole question <laughs> yes there's about a lot the, there's a lot about the antidote so um okay so they find the kid uh frank follows the russian dude that he just stabbed to like this kind of like makeshift lab or hospital where they're i guess testing out the virus right um i don't understand this note that i wrote but i'm gonna read it to you guys and maybe you'll remember i said frank fight some big dude possibly with coconuts on his hand slash kills him with a boat does any of that sound about yeah, right? That, that was, that was yeah. like That's when he it. was trying to get into like you know the, the the Russian lab. There was just some giant guy also there, and yeah, he he hits him with it looked like Hulk hands, yeah. you know, but it and like, it was just melons on his hands, and yeah, he he drops a boat on him. Yeah, because like they're in the boat fighting, and the boat yeah. starts to like kind of fall over, and Statham dives out the window, and the big guy gets stuck in the window and crushed. So correct. Um, so this is where Frank learns about the virus and kind of all we talked about it, but they have an antidote. Uh, he dives out the window <laughs> to catch the antidote <laughs> and he does, but like one of them gets broken, but he's able to save one of the vials of yep. the, um, um, so, and, and like you said, that's where we also learned the thing is like, they infected the kid so he could pass it on to Matthew Modine. Um, he give they give Jack the antidote. He beats up, he beats up a lot of cops in this movie. Cause he beats up some more cops when he's leaving the house. Um, we check back in with a French guy. He helps him find the bad guy's address. Um, and, and okay. This is where I have a question. So <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. So the bad guy has like a giant thing of the antidote, right? Yes. And like <laughs> in order to, I guess like keep the antidote safe or whatever, he's having it all, put into his body, right? Yeah. I'm not but a like, virologist, but I don't think that's how it works. No, nope. right. Cause I, I like, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I'm like that. You can't put all of the antidote in your system and then just extract it. Like that's not how it works. That's also, like, I mean, there's a limit to the amount <laughs> of foreign substances you can put in your body and not have it kill you. Especially I would think an antidote. It's like, no, that's not how that works. Also, there's no antidote to viruses. It's not like, you know, 
There, it's like that's just not how a virus works. Like there could be an antidote to a poison. There's no like if you get the flu, they're they're not like oh here's the antidote. You know, <laughs> I, think the, I think the bigger question is. Why does he care about the antidote? Isn't his goal to kill everybody at that thing anyway? Yeah, he can just take a plane and be like, yeah, I'm out. You know, like yeah, I thought his, that maybe he might try to sell it to him or something, but his, I don't know. His goals are never clear because no. he was hired by somebody to do this. Right. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Also, this is this is the point where the, the transporter like uh, like basically like coerces that cab driver into driving him back. Yeah. Right? The second instance of taking an innocent civilian with them. It's like, why does he bring him with, like, can you just throw him out of the car, you know? I, I don't, he's like, <laughs> that's his whole thing, is that he's a driver. But he, some reason, makes this guy drive his taxi there. And it, I believe it's the first Jason Statham movie with a weird interaction with a Caribbean cab driver, because it also happens in Crank. I also, I really liked uh, the bit. They get at the house, and all the bad guys... <laughs> This is so dumb. All the bad guys come out with their guns and they're shooting at him. And they like empty all their clips and they're like, oh man, we got to reload. Did we bring extra bullets? And they're like, no. Nope. Like, where are the bullets? They're in the garage. <laughs> so yeah, all... with the samurai swords and axes. Yeah, yep. so they all they go in the garage and they end up fighting Jason Statham there. They don't have time to reload. So you're right. They all have like axes and swords. And listen, it's a cool fight scene. It's probably my favorite yeah. thing. When he I beats agree. up all those guys in the garage, and like at a certain point, like then he goes into the next room, and I I really like when he's using that fire hose to yep. beat up the guys, and he's like swinging it around and hitting them, and he gets it like wrapped around their like limbs, and he turns it on. Like that whole sequence was my favorite part of this movie. I think. Yeah, I agree. It's the, it's a part of a lot of the Luke Basson like related movies where he's like, you know what, I'm fighting all the bad guys now. Yep. You know. <laughs> Like the police station and Kiss of the Dragon, you know, it's just like, yeah, okay, I'm fighting them all now. You know, that's a that's a we we need we still need to do Kiss of the Dragon. Oh, such a good movie. Um, so like he ends up having a showdown with the underwear lady, and it is underwhelming. <laughs> She's like swinging from a chandelier. Yeah, it's like real weird, like that wire dancing people did like back in the day. But I think Pink did it on the MTV Movie Awards or something. But like, here's the thing. I actually appreciated that it was underwhelming because this woman is 95 pounds, you know? Oh, and like, there's a scene where you can see her spine prominently in that movie, you know? So, well, let me tell you this. So she's swinging on the chandelier or whatever it is, the rope work. Jason Statham kicks her into what I'm going to describe as like the box spring for a bed, but it spikes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's an art spikes. installation. Like this guy is... Tacky as shit. It's a wall of spikes. They don't larping and they they don't even establish that it exists prior to this shot. (laughs) You have no idea it's there. It's just all of a sudden she's on a bed of spikes, dead. Yeah. Well, I did read, and I don't know if you guys saw this. They said that they ended up they they actually cut like a decent amount of stuff out of this to make sure it got a PG thirteen rating. So I guess that that was like a lot more violent and bloody when she like went into the wall of spikes and stuff. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Okay. So next. Like I read, like read rereading my notes on this, and like I'm just like, what is this movie even about? Because the next note is Frank chases a helicopter in a car. He gets in this like, is it a Ferrari or whatever? And that guy Lamborghini, uh, Lamborghini, and yep. he's like, he's driving so fast, but he keeps like looking up, yeah, like and keeping track of where the helicopter is. And um, then he uses it to get into a plane. Yeah, so he gets, <laughs> he does, he gets into the plane. Uh, that he's trying to take off on. The pilot gets shot. He's fighting that guy in the plane. The CGI of the plane is so bad. It's terrible. <laughs> when he first breaks in the plane, though, now we have no indication that these aren't just, like, normal pilots who have been chartered for this flight. He straight breaks one's neck. He's like, yeah. he's like, I'm on the plane, breaks this guy's neck, you know? It's true. So he fights with the guy. The bad CGI plane crashes. He ends up saving the bad guy. And then, literally, everything seems to be fine at the end of the movie. No explanation of how they got the antidote out of the guy, how they distributed it to all the people that needed it. Like, nothing. They just, it's just like, everything's fine. We check back in with the Caribbean cab driver to let us know that he took one of the cars from the garage, and now that's his cab. 
Yep, just magically gets to keep the uh, the police evidence. Which and he like, also that's the second movie in a row I've done where that happens because Cobra just rides off on a stolen motorcycle. That's true. But that's also, true I'm pretty sure that car he took is a two seater. He's like it's, <laughs> he's like he's a cab driver. It's like wait a minute, you know. So and then like. Frank goes to the hospital like he's like, oh, I'm finally think I'm gonna bang the uh, wife. <laughs> like I'm finally ready to do it. But then apparently her and Matthew Modine have uh, reconciled. Uh, so he just leaves and he drives the French guy to the airport. And the end. Okay. So by the way, for someone who was just part of like a giant assassination attempt, there is no security on that room. Nope. <laughs> and no, they just the let a random guy deliver a package to them too. Is put it on the tray of food, you know. It's true too. I didn't think about it like that, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that, like he drives a French guy to the airport, and that's the end. So, <laughs> oh no, you forgot the part where he gets a call when he's in the car. Oh, oh, that's right. It, 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 someone needs a transporter, and he goes, "I'm listening." <laughs> you know what's funny too? At watching this one, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen the third one. Um, I've seen the third one once or twice. It's 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 decent. It kind of. I mean, there's a BMX scene which I, I don't love. But, uh, I, I don't. I don't think I've th- seen the third one, but I did see the like the the one they made without Jason Statham. Oh yeah, the re- refueled, yeah, or reloaded was, or something. It was not great. <laughs> no, it was just like yeah, Ed Skrein's fine in like Deadpool, but he, he's no Jason Statham. Yeah, so well, I haven't seen uh, that one. I saw the third one, but I haven't seen the the, the yeah the, third. The, I mean, third one I love the story because there's like the the female lead, and it's just like. The director saw walking down the street and was like, "Wow, you're really hot. We're gonna make you the lead of this female lead of this movie." You know, that sounds about right for this series. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll check it out. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a lot to this movie um, that doesn't make sense. Uh, the antidote certainly doesn't work that way. Nope. <clears throat> uh, so I guess Statham breaks the bad guy's neck. But just enough to not kill him, but just enough to paralyze him. Oh, that's right. It's I essentially the kiss of the dragon from Kiss of the Dragon. It's like, yeah. I mean, I know. Well, that's what Batman does to the Joker in The Dark Knight Returns. You know, yeah. But I forgot about that. He does, like, paralyze him. Yeah, he right? paralyzes him, yeah. I, I, I did. For, I totally forgot about that. It's like the whole I, – I don't know. I do not like the – um. The whole ending up, like the whole final sequence, I, I was not a fan of. Like the whole plane fight and everything. Um, so who do, who do you guys have in a fight between uh, uh, the transporter and Chev Chelios? Oh, Chev Chelios, he'd be yeah. so brutal. Yeah, Chev, Chev Chelios would would definitely win. I mean, because what would happen is the transporter would, like start doing all of his like he'd like grab a fire hose or something, and Chev Chelios would be like, just boom, I'm shooting this guy that looks exactly like me. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's like Jet Li's the one, but you know, with Jason Statham. <laughs> well, but hey. Jason Statham wasn't the one. Exactly. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, though, uh, you guys is is Yula's whose bitch is Yula? He is nobody's bitch. <laughs> that's, that's that's right. That's right. I just wanted to make sure that we all knew that. So, um, hey, so you got any role reversals? For this one? I don't have any role reversals. We should probably mention that. The movie was severely cut to get it down to a PG-13. Um, they actually, so the scene in the uh, hospital with um, the girl in the underwear, I can't think of Lola, right? They actually digitally, digitally removed like the nudity in a bunch of those scenes to make sure that they can make the PG-13 rating. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's the weird thing is, though, I mean, the first one was PG-13. Yep. So you would have thought, they'd be like, yeah, we have to make this one PG-13, too. But I don't know, maybe it's like, oh, no, we shall see the ladies' nipples. This patch pants, you know? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that it would be PG-13. Like, I, yeah, you don't usually go from, I mean, like, there's instances where a franchise goes from R to PG-13, but usually don't go from PG-13 up to R. Like, that's not usually the jump you make. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, does anyone have anything else before we get into the rating on this? Uh, No, I'm good. I mean, no, not really. we talk about how it spawned, like, <clears throat> a whole series. Like, it spawned the third movie. It spawned a TV series, a yeah, TV, TV series. series. There's all kinds of things that kind of came out of this. 
I mean, I'll certainly say that I think that, like I said, like if you go back and look, like movies like this are like you know the first Fast and Furious does not have that crazy of like unbelievable stunts or anything like that. No, it's like this movie where like really like yo, you really start to see that crazy shit. You know, I th- I feel like this is kind of, was kind of like the first. I don't know. It's weird when you say that it only made like eighty million um internationally. Maybe it did great on home video or something because it did. Yeah, I that was to- one of the things. It did well uh, home video wise. Yeah, because I seem to remember this movie being pretty ubiquitous back during the day of, like, you know, like, yeah, everyone saw it. Like, you know, there was even an episode It's Always Sunny where, like, you know, Mac wants to watch Predator, but Dennis is like, no, I got the Transporter 2, you know? Like, <laughs> well, I haven't seen the first one, Dennis. I want to understand what's going on. <laughs> um, all right, should we rate it? Yeah, let's yeah. rate it. Here we go. All right, Tush, you want to go first? You know, okay, so there's a lot wrong with this movie, but still a lot of fun. So I'm going to go three machine guns. I mean, it's, like, it is incredibly watchable. You know, like, I'm, like there's some movies like, ah, no, you don't need to watch this. I would say if it's on TV, everyone should watch it. It's like, it's a fun movie, you know? And because of the PG-13, if it just happens to be on, like, TBS or something, you're not going to lose that much to, you know, like, the cutting down or anything, you know? So That's true. Uh, what do you think, LBJ? Um, I think that there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. Like a, a lot of the fight scenes are great. Um, I, this is really the first movie I remember showcasing Statham's abilities, uh, as far as a martial artist goes. The other one definitely had some in it, but I would say this one really showcased, um, you know, kind of the 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 Jackie Chan style of fighting, where you're just grabbing what's available, like the fire hose. Uh, and using it in a creative way to take out the enemies. Um, I I really like Frank Martin as a character. Uh, I think Statham plays him well. Um, oh, the plot makes no sense. There's no there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's this is don't watch this movie if you expect a good plot because it, there's no no rhyme or reason to it. But it is entertaining. There's definitely some crazy over the top stuff. Um, so I, I find it enjoyable. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go. I'll go three and a half machine guns. Oh shoot! Um, all right, yeah, I, I I agree with everything that you guys have said. Like, I think the first one is a far superior movie. Um, I, but this one's fun. Like you said, it's very watchable. Like it it is very ridiculous at some points. But I mean, like you kind of have to expect this. Like even the first one has ridiculous stuff in it. So like. <laughs> I think this one, it, t- some of the stuff goes a little bit too far and is a little bit too out there. And I, I, I kind of was hoping for a more satisfying like fight with the main bad guy at the end. Like I think that that's not great, but overall, it is really watchable. And Jason Statham's great in it. And the, just the scene where he beats the guys up in the garage is really good. So I'll I'll go three machine guns as well. I would say of the movies, this is my favorite of the three. Well, see, I think I like the first. One. I've never. I had to see the third one. I think I like the first one more than this one. So okay, I'd say they're almost tied for me. So I don't know. I need to watch the third one. Maybe I'll see if it's streaming anywhere for free. I'll check it out. It might be. I don't know if it is or not. I'll look into it. Yeah. It's the one movie I can't get. It's weirdly on my movies anywhere. I know there's a different distributor, but it's the one I can't give you a free pass to. Like I can give you one or two, but not three. Right. Well, the third one's on Lionsgate. It was the only one released on, by, by Lionsgate. Oh, yeah, Lionsgate are a bunch of dicks when it comes to movie on, movies on <laughs> <anyone>. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, fuck you, Lionsgate. Wow. All Strong right. opinions on Lionsgate. That's it. We just lost our Lionsgate sponsorship. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks, Dave. This nice episode, job, This episode of the Last Action Podcast brought to you by Lionsgate. Ooh, not anymore, boys. Not anymore. <laughs> Yikes. Um... Yeah. All right. Great. Short episode today. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to really stretch it out in the plugs. Uh, not really. <laughs> oh, maybe you're not. Nope. Uh, we are the Last Action Podcast. We come to you every Mondays on the GameZilla Media Network and everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, check us out at GameZillaMedia.com and check out our Discord. If you go to the webpage and scroll at the bottom, click on the Discord link. You can join us in the Discord and chat with us all you want. Um, well, you can't you can't chat with the Tush because he won't join. No, he I still can't get him. To I join. have a membership. It comes up on my computer every time I restart it. So 
right. Well, hey, get people talking about me. I'll jump in and defend myself. <laughs> I will like, be canceled quickly. We'll be like, man, Tush, people are really trashing you on the Discord. Uh, Tush, is there anything you How want to Well, you know what they're probably talking about right now? They're probably talking about, on the last two episodes I've made, both movies have been Tush-free. Like, literally, there's been no butts in either of them. So it's like, we're going to have to figure out, like, a butt-stravaganza movie for the next movie. Like, I don't know, maybe, like, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Have you guys done this one, that one yet? Yeah, we, we did that already. That oh, it's got some quality Costner, Costner tush. Um, yeah, that was the first thing I was thinking of, too. Was like, ooh, what's a Costner movie we haven't done yet? His butt's exactly. always in those. Him and- I don't think Dancing with Wolves would work for the format. Is his, it, do they show his tush in Waterworld? We haven't done Waterworld. I think they do. Probably. Maybe they do. <laughs> we're all gonna we're all gonna research that like kevin costner water world <laughs> uh yeah well we definitely got to pick a movie um that shows a tush definitely for next time we're on absolutely wow do we really <laughs> yeah is it really a thing we have to do you gotta give the people what they want and people want tush <laughs> uh okay fair enough uh any other any anything else you want to plug there Tush. Um, you know, I'm still uh still gonna get my uh I'm working on getting my book uh, published. I mean, working is like you know, I haven't like sent it out or anything yet, but I've got I'm on the fifth draft, so you know, gonna get that out there uh, soon, hopefully. And uh yeah, but um you know, I'll keep you all updated. So. We appreciate that. We're we're all very much looking forward to the movie that's going to be made based on your book. Exactly. You know. I, I Joe's I, looking forward to writing uh erotic fiction based on my book and the movie that's you know you know, I, I just made a mistake because I'm probably at a watch list now for Googling what movies does Kevin Costner show his butt in? I don't know what government agency monitors that, Joe. <laughs> you're, just gonna, you're just going to get all kinds of really weird ads. Yeah, you're going to yeah. get like a lot of weird. Like If you click on anything, you're going to get some cookies. Like Next time like you it wants to suggest something for you, it's going to be like, huh, maybe uh, you want to see this. It's like celebrity man butts, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop going down that rabbit hole because I was hoping for just like, here's a list of it, and it didn't seem to be, so I'm not getting into it. <laughs> I think maybe Bird on a Wire. It's got some Mel Gibson tush. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, Mel Gibson's another one I feel like shows his tush a lot, too. So. Yeah, Kevin Costner and Mel Gibson were like the tush kings of the 80s and 90s. What a weird conversation this is divided <laughs> I feel like it's your fault. You're the one that's like this episode's short, so like we had to like talk yeah. about something and now we're talking about Tushes. Okay. Well you know what? I'm happy to end this now. Just three um, heterosexual men discussing appreciation <laughs> of movie Tush. Okay, moving on. This episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>